everyone, welcome back to the Pueblo Pigskin Podcast. Uh, coming at you a little later tonight if you're watching on Facebook Live. It's been a busy day. Marcus is at Cross Country, getting that Forest City County meet. How was that, Marcus? Did you enjoy yourself? Oh, very much so. It was uh, pretty much the last day of good weather until at least Saturday, so yeah. I enjoyed it while I had it, so yeah. No complaints for me. Yeah, that's Marcus Hill, of course. I'm Austin White, Chief and Sports Reporter. Marcus as well. Yep, also a sports reporter covering all things that are prep and a couple of things college, so. There you go. Yeah. Mixed media guy. Yeah. yeah, that sums up our job right there. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to be talking to you about some prep football this week, of course. Uh, and obviously the big part is Friday is going to be the Cannon game between South and East. I think it's the 44th annual. I think I looked that up today. Don't yell at me if I'm wrong. But <laughs> we'll break that down. Uh, we're also going to give away some kind of like halftime awards because uh, every team's at five games right now pretty much, kind of a midway point of the season, and just give us a moment to reflect on who's been balling out out there and who deserves some recognition. But before we get all that, we're going to start with last week and kind of the top performances we saw. Marcus, you want to kick it off for us? Absolutely. And, you know, watching Centennial and Sierra go at things out there, um, Rough go for Sierra, great go for Centennial. Pretty much every time they touched the ball, they scored or got something. And then, you know, when they didn't score on offense, they were able to get two on defense. So Jeez. they had themselves a solid game. But, um, you know, overall, one who had a very solid game, Demerico Gonzalez. Um, I believe he had three touchdowns, and then he had an interception as well. Um, kid was just everywhere out there. So he was Mr. Do-It-All last week. Yeah, hard to argue with that. Well, what, they went like 43-0, right? 43-0. They had running clock before the half. So oh, it's yeah. hard to argue then. Yeah, I mean, it, it's good for the deadline, but not so much good for the kids' pride and whatnot. That had, yeah. to, had to sting a little bit. Yeah. You know, you got to go through the ebbs and flows. <laughs> uh, my top performance last week was a, just kind of a general one. South special teams up at Lewis Palmer. I believe they had a punt return touchdown and a kick return touchdown. Really kind of everything was working for South. <laughs> I mean, they beat Lewis Palmer 46-3, to and they had a couple of interceptions. I mean, Jackson Dickerson had a great catch that, unfortunately, I don't think there was video of, but there was a good photo sequence on Twitter if you haven't seen that. Just an overall great game for South, kind of going in the Canaan game, and really special teams, that's not even the first time. They've had Jackson returned upon the first game of the year against Holy Family. I mean, that's... You kind of overlook special teams, but it seems like South is really kind of making a difference for them. So. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of been one of their key components. Um, you know, even if they aren't returning touchdowns, they're getting the offense pretty good field position. Or on the flip side, they're pinning the uh, the opposing offense deep in their own territory. So yeah. <clears throat> either way, you know, their special teams has been exactly what it implies, very special. So. <laughs> yeah, there you go. yeah. <laughs> Those were the top performances from last week. Uh, now we'll get into some never controversial Never polarizing. Never. Never. <laughs> award season. Halfway awards. Uh, I don't sh- Should we start from uh, some other awards and work our way to MVP? Or you want to yeah. start from the top? Let, let's, go, let's go backwards order. Okay. So, okay. Um, maybe go with best play. Best play. Um, oh, yeah. And I know one of the best plays that I saw. This is Also, most of these are what we saw in person. Because, yeah. you know, we don't want to say, oh, that was a great play. And then, you know, we get the kid wrong. We mix something up. So, just to keep things easier on ourselves and keep down the, uh, the, the yelling, keep that at a minimum, um, we're going to go with the stuff that we saw. So, Makes sense. I think that's very fair. And yeah. 
one of the big ones that I saw was Tyler White. This is this is a combo, by the way. So it was Tyler <laughs> White's pancake against a I forgot who it was against Discovery Canyon, but it was one of their uh, defensive guys. And then I mean that just cleared the way for Logan Pettit to score a forty-four yard touchdown. And uh, I believe to this point that was his furthest run of the season. And you know Tyler White was talking to me about that a couple weeks ago, and you know he said that he knocked the kid so. He didn't cuss, and I'm not going to cuss on here, but, you know, he planted the kid very thoroughly. We'll put it that way. And the refs threw a flag. Um, They thought, you know, it might have been excessive, but, you know, eventually they picked it up, and play was good. Everything was good. Kid's pride was probably not in the best of shape, but it was a great hit, and it was a great play that, you know, helped them really get the momentum. I think that was to start the fourth quarter of that game. So very big and very important. That was a solid one. I mean, it's called pancake for a reason, so, I mean. If you're not free to start flagging these kids for <laughs> laying some kids out, then I, I don't know. Um, my play was uh, Jeremy Barros against Sierra. Uh, Max Preps kind of picked this up and uh, got a little bit on Instagram and Twitter, got some love out there kind of nationally for Jeremy. But uh, if you haven't seen it, it was against Sierra. Uh, he, got, he takes a handoff on the left-hand side and jukes a couple Sierra kids and he makes a miss and then... Of course, he ends it right at the goal line with trucking a kid from Sierra right over, and just an exclamation point on what was already a fantastic run. And and really, I mean, that was part of this huge run they had against Sierra. And really, Jeremy has just been a whole essential point for Central so far. And we're probably gonna talk about him here in a few seconds anyway. So that was the best play I saw from Jeremy running the kid over. That's always fun. Both of our plays, including. Kids, kids be, getting laid over. Kids being run over. <laughs> that's uh, unfortunate, but a good a good side for them. So that's very exciting to see. Yeah. Exactly. How about a uh, top performance next? Top performance. Mm, Got to go with Chandler Mason in his game against uh, against Mesa Ridge, where he went ten to ten, two hundred forty eight yards, four touchdowns. Um, efficient. Yeah. Efficient, <laughs> effective, accurate on target, on point, whatever you want to call it. Um, you know, what is that, 24.8 yards per pass? That was quick man. Yeah. <laughs> it, it was a 10, so, you know, it would do it pretty easily. But I oh, mean, true, true. I'm bad, man. But, I mean, you know, just, just, just getting that for the squad, that's very important. You know, regardless of the team's caliber, Mesa Ridge isn't superb, but either way, getting those passes accurate on target, crisp, making sure that the guy is able to catch it. I mean, that's just incredible. And almost 250 yards off of 10 passes. So yeah. credit to the offense, credit to him for his accuracy. That that was just amazing stuff out there. That was great. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's hard to argue with that. I mean, that probably was the best performance. But uh, the one I would kind of match up against that was uh, Andy Smith's performance in week one against Holy Family. Dude was almost literally everywhere. Uh, on defense, he had... I believe three sacks. One of them was for a safety, which was the first points of the year for South. And later on, to end the first half, uh, as Jackson Dickerson put it, he had a grown man touchdown catch in the end zone between a couple Holy Family defenders and looked like he juggled it there for a bit, but he came down, had the ball in his hand, and that's how they went to halftime with a comfortable lead. I think it was something like 28 to 6 at halftime because of that. So Andy Smith, it's just, he's just built off of that momentum. and Another guy we're going to talk about in a sec, probably. But 
that performance really stood out even even now from week one when we're here in week what seven I think now. Somewhere in that area. I yeah. Mean, yeah. They they've been solid all around. It's great to see that they turned the turned the team around from where they were last season compared to now and especially heading into the Canton game. Won't get too much into that because we'll get to that in a minute, but it's good to see them where they are right now. So that's solid for them. I mean, that's a perfect segue because the next was team of the team of the year so far, and I think we're both in agreement that this one's out. Yeah, I mean, essentially the same schedule to start last season. When I say the same schedule, I mean the, the same caliber of teams. Like nobody's really fallen off. Nobody's dropped. Um, I believe Erie was ranked at the time that they played them. Holy Family is Holy Family. Discovery Kane is always tough, and I think they were number five or some odd, number five, seven, somewhere in that range. Yes. When they played them, they went on the road, beat them up pretty good. Um, Palmer Ridge, enough said there. Uh, <laughs> it was a good game, too. Yeah, and I mean, they, they just lost. You know, they keep control of the ball a little more. They probably are able to get a hold of that game and do some better things, but it's the way the ball bounced, I believe it was 24-19. So they've, they've been an incredible squad to start the season. Yeah, I mean, when you when you have that kind of gauntlet of the first four weeks were all either ranked teams or teams that are good enough to be ranked, playoff caliber teams, and you really just look go 3-0 and then have a halftime lead against Palmer Ridge, who I think coming into that game a lot of people were convinced that 3A was just – kind of wrapped up for Palmer Ridge, but that game I think really showed that South can compete with them. Yeah. And Lewis Palmer was a 3-1 and team last week, and they beat him 46-3 on the road. So, I mean, South, it's been a tough road, and they've handled it gracefully. I mean, obviously, West has had a great start as well at 4-1, and but you know, they're in the league now, not the best teams that they're going to be playing, so that, it was good that they kind of got some better competition in, in their non-conference slate, but South, man, it's just been a great first half. Yeah, you know, I feel like that Lewis Palmer game was probably most critical because, you know, obviously, Holy Family, like we listed, Holy Family, Erie, Discovery Canyon, Palmer Ridge, they're going to be up, they're going to be amped, they're going to be ready for those games. But, yeah. you know, you look at Lewis Palmer's schedule and see the caliber of teams that they play, it's not the greatest, but, you know, they're, everybody still has to take the field. you got to get a final score. That easily could have been one where they just – uh, it's Lewis Palmer, we're a better team. They just go in there with that attitude, and then they end up getting rolled. But they do the exact opposite. They go on the road, take care of business. I mean, I think it was 33-3 to before the half. So, yeah, they Goddard had them ready for that one. He made sure that wasn't a trap game. He made sure that they handled, the team, handled Lewis Palmer the way they were supposed to. Absolutely. And, you know, part of what's, what's made South so good is uh, – we're also in agreement for our defensive players of the year, uh, co-defensive players, but they're brothers, and it's Andy and Ian Smith for South, and just what they've been able to do this season already. Fighting for supremacy even with this award. I mean, <laughs> yeah. where, where there's one, there's the other, yeah. and where one is absent, one is, one is there, vice versa. <laughs> However you want to put it, I mean, they had that combo TD that they combined for Discovery Canyon, like you said, at the start of the year. Their first score was a safety. Um, locked loaded on defense. Those, those boys are focused. So it's, it's – I'm not going to call them the cornerstone exactly, but they are definitely the anchors for for the defense as of the first five games. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, 
my favorite quote of the year so far was when Goddard talked about him and he said that every game they try to get some Smith sandwiches in the backfield. Yeah. <laughs> they've been getting played, they've been eating well. They've been eating lots of those Smith sandwiches in this season. So just having those guys, they're just intimidating on the end, on the end lines to just rush the quarterback. I mean, they're big kids, probably like 6'3", six, 6'4", six, maybe like 190. Yeah. And that's tough. When you get to three, when you're in three A, that's tough to guard for really any three A team. And they were able to get a little bit of pressure on Palmer Ridge too, and that's going to be essential if they see him again in the playoffs. So having those two step up big this year in their senior year is going to be great going forward. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And it was good that they were able to do that against Palmer Ridge as well because you know offensively, Palmer Ridge's scheme switched with their quarterback fiasco situation we'll leave that alone um but you know you're mentally prepared to face one kid you end up facing another and you're still able to do your thing out there so that's pretty vital and key especially for high school kids to be able to shift their focus like that that's exactly where they are our defensive player of the year so far so far halfway through we're gonna go to the other side of the ball now offensive player of the year marcus who you get who you going with gotta go with jeremy barros um Kid's been amazing for Central, doing big things out there, looking good for the team. Um, so far through the first half, got about 52 carries on the well, 52 carries on the ground, of course. 389 yards, four touchdowns. Also a lethal weapon on the uh, on the aerial side. He's got three receptions, 33 yards. Um, I know all those stats are currently up to date as much as we th- as much as we'd like them to be, yeah. but. He's looked amazing out there. I mean, Central, this this part of the schedule kind of tripped them up last year, but it seems as though they'll be a little more prepared going into SEL play. Yeah. I mean, it seems like Jeremy's really kind of um, set himself as kind of like a corner, like someone they can anchor their offense on because, I mean, he's been able to carry the ball. He had a tough week against Harrison, but really, I mean, County had a tough week against Harrison. Centennial had a tough time against them, so, you know, but really, all the other four games, Jeremy's been great, and what's what's also cool to see is it's not, it hasn't even been just offense, too. He's got, he had a pick six against Sierra, and I, I know he's got, I think, at least another interception, so he's been great offensively, really both sides of the ball, and just been great rushing for Central. Yeah, and I can't nah, everything started to blend together now. Um, yeah. <laughs> it was their first game of the year. They were in a similar situation as Centennial was the previous night. It was a Friday for Central. Um, they had the weather delay. <laughs> you know, they had to deal with that. But, you know, they were able to just come out and absolutely run the ball effectively, throw the ball effectively. Um, they were just all around efficient out there, and he was a big part of that. And, it, it was it was kind of it wasn't shocking to see, but it was definitely something I wasn't expecting to see in the first game out of Central. So that was pretty cool. Yeah, absolutely. For my offensive player, we're gonna stick to the ground game, and I'm gonna go with uh, County's running back Jose Hanford. Uh, he's leading the SEL in rushing yards with 761, which that puts him third in all of Class 3A. He's also got eight touchdowns on the year already. County, you know, has it also as they've had a couple of solid teams play. They've also had, you know, some not as great games, but really in all of them, Jose has just been the cornerstone cornerstone for them. Really kind of running the whole offense through him a little bit. And 
I mean, looking at those numbers, if you're bad at math like me, I wrote it down, <laughs> is those 761 rushing yards equates to about 160 a game. So if you if you got a guy in the backfield you can just hand it off to a bunch and he can get you 160 yards, that's that's probably reliable. You're going to like that. <laughs> yeah, and what, he came from Doherty, and I believe Doherty football-wise is 5A. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, taking the jump from 5A to 3A, you know, it's – it's definitely shown. I don't think he got too many touches last season, but he's making sure that he made up for his time and showing that the coaches they made a mistake there at Doherty and should have got him a couple more a uh, couple more reps because he definitely deserved it, deserved it, and earned it so far, big time. All right, now for the big one, MVP. Who has been your most valuable player in your eyes so far, Marcus? So before I get to that. Um, <laughs> I mean, obviously, this thing is a long list. Um, oh, yeah. Chandler Mason easily could have got it. Um, he's had a great season for West so far. Uh, George Longoria could have gotten it. I want to make sure to give him a shout-out because he's just the, the workhorse for South. Oh, yeah. Every time, just about, they carry the ball. You hear someone, someone on the PA system, Longoria, <laughs> yeah. five yards, Longoria, 44 yards, Longoria, this, that. And, I mean, wanted to pull up his stats here. Um I, uh, he's right behind Hanford, I think, in most of it. Yeah, he's 108 carries, 698 yards. <sighs> essentially averages 140 a game, um, five touchdowns. Dang. Workhorse. Yeah. Like, he's he's putting in work. <laughs> I mean, it's been amazing to see. Um, with all that being said, I'm giving the first half MVP to Jackson Dickerson because – he and Logan have been working on their game, and the connection is shown. And through five games, let's see, he's at 27 receptions, 456 yards, seven touchdowns, couple of highlight reel catches. Um, he's been a very important anchor. You know, even in games where he might not make a lot of catches, he still has a big impact because the defense knows knows that's where the <laughs> offense is going. So he draws a lot of attention and. You know, gets other guys in the game. And, you know, I mentioned Longoria to kind of segue into that. Like, he's a big part of establishing the pass game as well. You know, if he gets it going on the ground, that opened up the air game. Jackson's doing his thing. Then, you know, that just opens up the offense so much for South. So that's really huge for them. Yeah. And plus, like you said, there's been games where he might not have, like, the yardage or anything, but he's got a couple kick return touchdowns. He had a punt return in his Holy Family. So. Not only is he effective through the air, I mean, it's been through the kicking game, too. So, really a threat anytime he's on the field. Yep. Whenever the ball is in play, he is definitely lurking, and he is definitely a challenge for defenses to try to stop. So, and I mean, so far, they haven't really been able to stop him. So. No. Mm-hmm. But my MVP, uh, Marcus, you mentioned him, and I'm, I'm going to pick him. Uh, Chandler Mason, so far for Pueblo West, has just kind of been it all for their offense, which has been – putting up some great numbers. Uh, Mason's specific numbers, he's got 600, 676 passing yards and 314 rushing yards, which that means he's also the leading rusher for West out of the quarterback position. Uh, Nine to two touchdown to interception ratio, so he's not really turning the ball over either. West is four and one. I mean, you know, it was a tough game against Pine Creek. Obviously, I mean, they Pine Creek could play Pretty well, probably in five A. If we're being honest, JUCO. If we're being for real, <laughs> yeah. I mean, that David Moore the third kid is incredible. But you know, all 
Mason, like we kind of mentioned earlier in the performance against Mason Ridge, played well against County. Against East, he had, I think it was like a 70-some yard rushing touchdown. I mean, he's just been able to be the catalyst for their offense, and that was kind of not really what we expected. I mean, we kind of thought that West might might go to a run game with their backs, but Chandler has kind of just been able to do it all. And for a team that's ranked, what is it, fourth? No, sixth, I think, 4A. Chandler's been doing it all for him, and that's why I got to give him MVP. Then, you know, like I said, definitely deserves it. Um, this is a game against Mason Ridge, 10 to 10. Kid is accurate. He'd get it done on the ground. I think against East, it's somewhere in the. I know he went over 100 and got yeah. a touchdown. Um, I mean, he's just been effective with his feet and efficient with his arms. So yeah. he's been pretty solid for the year. And I know West was, you know, probably leaning on their defense yeah. more so to start the year, but. They've been pretty potent offensively, too, so getting that on both sides of the ball and then, you know, kind of getting that uh, that punch in the gut against Pine Creek. Kind of, I, I don't think they were cocky at all, not in the least, but, you know, if it even creeped up into their minds, it's like you see what Pine Creek is and what's needed in order to get to that level. So, you know, now they understand on top of having what is still a great defense and a great offense, so... They still understand what needs to be what needs to be done, and Chandler is a big part of that, obviously, as the QB. So. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Those are our awards, and I'm sure everyone out there agrees with all of them. No <laughs> arguments whatsoever. We got it perfect across the board. <laughs> all bases covered. Absolutely. All right. Moving into our obvious game of the week. Uh, it is the Cannon Week. It is Cannon Week. Uh, we got the Cannon game on Friday between... South and East, and really just two great kind of storylines coming in. Obviously, South has had a great season so far. We picked him as the team of the year so far. Four and one. East, kind of completely opposite. <laughs> they're, they're record-wise, it is opposite. East is one and four. And really kind of has their back up, backs against the wall. And really, they might be able to afford one more loss. I mean, you could probably sneak into the playoffs at five and five, but East would probably rather not have to sneak in and rely on like a strength of schedule type situation. Yeah, and you know, it's okay for us to say this, like losing to South wouldn't be a bad thing because, you know, RPI-wise, it probably helped them greatly if they if, if they weren't to win that game. Uh, let me rephrase that. If they <laughs> did not win that game, it would not hurt them RPI-wise. Yeah. Um, but, of course, they have the cannon. So if they lose, bye-bye cannon, and I'm pretty sure they don't want that. No. Um, they probably still want that bad boy to boom gold. Um, yeah, it's going to be a tough matchup for them, though, because for all the accolades that we just listed, they've got to go against that on Friday. So <laughs> it's going to be pretty tough for them to hang, hang against, or excuse me, against South with the, with the caliber of players that they have. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think the biggest thing going into this for East is they're going to have to figure out some kind of way to stop the run game. I mean, we we saw it against West. They had three separate kids go over 100 yards. I mean, Discovery Canyon kind of ran over them a little bit. And now South, we, you mentioned George Longoria was kind of in this MVP conversation. That's going to be another guy who can potentially run it all over him. I mean, Logan's ran great as well, too. So I think that's going to be the biggest key if East wants to give themselves any kind of chance in this. Is they need to bulk up on the line, do some get get in there sooner. I'm Try to find some way to get to Longoria quick. 
Yeah, and, you know, going the opposite way really, really fast. Um, against West, you know, they were able to, to ground their air game. But, you know, once they dished it out on the ground, that was just the, the, the kill shot for them. And so, you know, it's good that they have a defense that can stop certain players out there. The goal now is just, you know, how do they go about stopping the run game? Because that's probably what's really going to end up tripping them up in the end. Um, yeah, they're going to have to hold on to the ball, run it or throw it as best as possible to keep the, the ball in their control as much as they can to keep South's offense off the field, but then keep their offense off the field. you got to deal with the defense. So, I mean, it's rough all around for them. It's going to be a tough one. Yeah. I mean, to get for East, what they have going for them, I mean, so far, Caden Bowman has played pretty well for East when, and with uh, Jack Helser back there at QB. Last I looked, Bowman was leading the SCL in receiving yards. I'm not sure the, the number, but, you know, he's had a great, I don't know what I'd call it breakout season. I mean, he was kind of already established. It's going to be their number two guy. And I think you're going to need a lot of that because it seems like they've been able to, you know, find some connections on some deep balls. And, you know, if East run game kind of, or East run game defense kind of gets out of control, they're probably going to want to have some of those big plays that they've been able to have to kind of keep up with South and, you know, maybe make this a higher scoring game. Yeah, and you know, watching East play, I mean, they that slant has killed teams. Like I don't know how Jack is making some of these reads that he is with that play <laughs> or whatever it is, the magic that's happening, but it's like the slant, some of those go routes have been absolutely killer and maybe they give teams a healthy dose of that. Maybe they give that to South, but I mean that's what's really been effective for them. So if they can find some combo of that that works and Hopefully they make it work. That'll be the the bread and butter that they got to stick with. Yeah, absolutely. All right, that's that's kind of the canning game breakdown. Uh, picks. I think I know what we're both going with, but uh, Marcus, well, what do you what do you think for the can? Glory be to me on the first one, huh? <laughs> um, you know, like we were saying, South just both sides of the ball dominate. Special teams dominant. Um, I'm going to go ahead and say that the cannon is going back to south in this one. It's going to be 31-15 in favor of the Colts. Yeah. I'm pretty much on the same page. I mean, I think south is going to take cannon back. They're already lead in the cannon series, and uh, this just seems kind of to be their year now. Uh, I'm going to say maybe 38-14. South's going to get this baby. Big one. Prove me wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Prove me wrong. There's a challenge. Prove me wrong. There you go. There you go. All right. That's, of course, is the biggest game, but it's not the only game. Uh, uh, on Friday, we got another one in town over at the Thunder Bowl at Durango. SEL team uh, coming into play Centennial. Durango, I think, is ranked 10th in the latest rankings. Uh, Centennial's coming into this 2-3. and three. I believe Durango is either 3-2 and two or 2-3 two and three as well. Uh, they, you know, they're out there in the Western Slope playing a lot of those teams, some 5A teams. Uh, I think this one's going to be tough for Centennial. I mean, their their two wins have come against the two A team and uh, Sierra, which those probably aren't the two greatest wins. But I think Centennial's improved from their three game losing streak to start the year. I just don't know if it's on Durango's level, and I'm I'm going to go with Durango, thirty one ten takes this one. Yeah, you know, we don't get to physically see a lot of Durango, but, you know, hearing things, watching things on Twitter, reading stories and whatnot, um, seems like they have a pretty serious offense. So 
you know, I think that's going to be able to get them over the hump against Centennial over there at the Thunder Bowl. Um, it'll be nice if they get to play in that, uh, don't want to call it an arena, that stadium, I guess we'll call it. But um, oh. Thunder Bowl, that makes yeah. sense. Hello. <laughs> um, yeah, but I think it's going to be a tough one for Centennial. Um, I think they're able to get some offense going, but not enough to beat Durango. And I got the win in 28-20. Durango winning 28-20. All right, moving to uh, road teams. We got West on the road. Uh, they're playing Liberty, and you know this this Pikes Peak League that West is in. Uh, I don't want to be too harsh, but it, it's not the greatest. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I West is it's tough because when you're in a league that's not as up to par, you gotta just kind of grind through it. This is the first one though, and I think West comes out kind of firing all cylinders and just ready to go again. Especially since they were off last week, uh, I don't I don't see Liberty being able to do much. <laughs> I think this one gets to running clock. West wins at forty five zero. Yeah, and you know, looking at last year, this game is it's pretty close to what I have as my prediction. Um, <laughs> let, let let's not waste time. I got West winning forty eight seven. I mean, we just talked about West defensively and offensively. Like they they are just stacked, and Liberty doesn't have the. The, the kids to match up with them. Um, yeah, it's going to be a tough one for, for Liberty out there. It's not going to be too much better from last year. Yeah. Uh, we got Rye going on the road against Dolores, and uh, I think it's kind of going to be the same story there. Rye kind of handled this one last year. I don't know the score off the top of my head, but Rye's much improved, and I'm going to pick Rye pretty big as well. I'm going to say 38-6. Um, essentially everything that I just said about West, just add <laughs> Rye's name into their um I believe Dolores is 0-5. Rye just coming off of a um, tough loss. Um they also fallen off the rankings, so I'm pretty sure they're not thrilled about that. Um it, it was obviously fair, but I'm sure they're not, oh you know, it's okay, it's fair. <laughs> yeah. They're probably hot about that, so Unfortunately, Dolores is the next opponent in the way, and Thunderbolts rolling this one. It's going to be 38-10. to 10. All right. There you have it. And that's, we got them all. Yeah, we pretty much that's did. It. I did, side note, want to give a shout-out to uh, a football player, but who is also doubling as a football player, uh, Francisco Chavez, who he's been pretty electric for special teams for Centennial, um, as far as the kicking game goes, I think he usually we wouldn't talk about a miss, but this is pretty yeah. cool for a high schooler. I think he he fell just shy of hitting. I think it was like a 62, 63 yarder. That's NFL numbers. Yeah, and like th- th- that has nothing to do with the team they're playing. That doesn't matter at all. Sixty three yards is out there regardless. And I mean, if he had like a little more leg on it and just a little more up. He would have nailed it, but I mean, it hit the middle of the pad, and like, yeah, usually we wouldn't talk about a miss, but a 63 yarder for yeah. someone in high school, that's pretty amazing. Yeah. I mean, that's special teams player of the year stuff. Yep. <laughs> I kind of skipped it. That's my fault. I kind of skipped over that one. Cisco Chavez, we got to get him in there. Absolutely. Great soccer player, too. Yeah, I was going to say, he's, he's going to get his uh, his reps for, for soccer as well. I think he's at like 13 goals, 13 assists, so. He's mega efficient out there, too. So on the pitch or on the gridiron, whatever you want to call it, whenever he's on it, he's pretty efficient. It's great with his feet. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Solid kid. Sweet. All right. I think that's 
just about wraps it up for us here. Pueblo Pigs can podcast. Uh, thanks for tuning in, everybody, and uh, we'll see you again next week.